Tales of a Chicana Woman, the podcast about life experiences and adulting. Advice, tips, and insight to help you along your way. Here's your host, Emily Z. Hey, what's up? Glad to have you back for another episode because today we are going to learn about budgeting. Yes, I want to help you protect your money, change, moolah, kaching, get what I'm saying? And essentially, I want to help you learn about what budgeting is, the advantages to budgeting, and essentially the ways that you can make your own budget and do some financial planning because it is truly important so that you know how you're spending, what you are spending on, and essentially just taking care of your money, which is good so that, you know, you know that you are covered and don't have to be worried about, you know, not having money. So for myself, I know that I am, as one would say, a broke college student, but due to, you know, learning about budgeting, I turned that around real quick because I did not want to be a broke college student. Learning how to budget has definitely helped me and I want to help you gain some tips, advice, and tools that you'll need so that you can create your own personal budget so that you know how much you're spending, what you spend on, and so forth. For today's episode, I brought in the big guns. He is an instructor for accounting and finance at the University of Laverne, Mr. Rick Hayes. Thank you so much for being here, Mr. Hayes. And I want to start off pretty simple. What is budgeting? I think <clears throat> budgeting can be very simply said, it's a plan. Uh, it's a plan of uh, looking into the future about measuring uh, what, what you think is going to happen financially, but also budget doesn't have to be financial. You can budget time. You can budget uh duties, tasks. Uh, it's, it's, so I, I, you know, a lot of times people equate, uh, Emily, budgeting with money. And it doesn't necessarily have to be money. It can just, it's, I think the best word is plan. It's a way of putting a, a stake in the ground today and planning what you think is going to happen, what you hope will happen, what you expect to happen into the future. What are some ways to plan out how to save money? the best way to start off a plan or a budget is to figure out what you got now. Okay. What are your, what are your responsibilities now? Do you have any loans or debts? Do you have rent to pay? Do you have a car loan to pay? Do you have insurance? Do you have to pay back your parents? Whatever. Uh, what do you have now? You take, you, you write down what your income is or what you are going to have income, what's your revenue, what's money coming in, and what do you have to pay? What are the, I like to call them the fixed expenses. What do you have to pay now uh, to uh, satisfy a, a debt, an obligation to a family member, uh, you know, living in an apartment, whatever, food naturally or clothing. So it, basically it starts with what you have now. Where are you now? And uh, probably on the short term, where you think you're gonna be in the future. Once you've done that, where, where are you at now? Then you can say, well, I don't want to have any more of this loan. I'm going to pay this. I'm going to plan on paying this off. Or I'm going to live with this loan, but I'm going to try to budget my money so I have money left over after I pay this loan. You know, stuff like that. 
but you can't begin anything without understanding where you're at now. And that requires honesty, discipline. You got to be true to yourself, true to the to you. You can be able to look in the mirror and say, your finances are a mess, or you got to get out from under these credit card debts, or you, you need to do something about the student loan. Or, and also in honesty about, well, I'm going to need some help. I might need some help from somebody, for some people. So I think the first step and the largest step, the honest step, Emily, is taking an accountability of where you are now, cash, money coming in, money going out. What are your obligations that you have to accept and pay off into the future? And with that, then you can start planning and organizing how you're going to deal with all this. Yeah, most definitely sitting down and really looking at my finances was kind of a lot because I had to really accept how much I was spending, the amount that I was spending, and so forth. So I definitely get how it's sometimes hard to accept. You know, when it comes when it comes to money, people sometimes are in denial. I, I mean, I can honestly say sometimes I'm in denial. Oh, you know, I got a, I got a credit card balance, but I really want to take my wife out to dinner tonight. So the hell with that. We're going to go out to dinner. And there's nothing wrong with going out to dinner, but you got to understand the, what's going to happen if you go out to dinner. You're going to owe more money on your credit card. So I think, you, you know, a lot of us, when it comes to money, we're embarrassed. We're in denial. It's humbling. And, and, and if you can get over that, and that takes time. And also, Emily, it takes maturity. I know people 50 years old, they act like 10-year-old kids when it comes to money. And so it, it takes maturity. It takes, you know, here's a big word, and that's big with me, self-confidence. Knowing your strengths, but also knowing your weaknesses. I just love going out and getting a new pair of shoes every now and then. All right. Financially, if you don't have the money, that's a weakness. <laughs> okay. And, but understanding that and be able to understand that and just be real with it, that's a key thing. And that's, and that's, that's not being in denial. And uh, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. I mean, nobody's perfect. And it's the same thing about being true to yourself and honest with yourself. Sometimes you, gotta, you can't be in denial, especially if you're on your own and you're the only person who's taking care of you. If you don't have anybody else to backstop you, you really have to be honest with yourself. So, Mr. Hayes, we got a question from a listener, and I think it's really great. Here it is. What's a SMART goal? It's five goals of, of planning. Uh, SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And SMART, S means specific. You be specific in your goals. Actually pinpoint what you want to do in your planning. Specific. M is measurable. You have to be able to measure it. Do you understand what it takes? How much money do you owe? And your student loan, oh, I owe $60,000. So I don't even want to think about that. Well, yeah, you have to understand that because you're going to pay it off over the next 10 years. Be measurable. A in SMART is action-oriented. Just don't sit on your hands. Do something about it. Get involved. Get involved with your finances. Be action-oriented. Come up with that plan. Sometimes plans fail. And that's okay. Then you can learn from that. But be action-oriented. And R, be realistic. Back to what I was just saying earlier about being in denial. Be realistic. Oh, I have too much debt or I have more expenses than I have income. But understand that and be realistic. And finally, the T in SMART is time-based. You know, you have some short-term planning, but then also you have long-term planning. You know, someday I want to 
I want to be able to have a, a, a brand new car instead of a used car. Or someday I want to buy a house. Or someday I want to have children. Or someday I want graduate school. All right, those are long-term goals, but also short-term goals. Do I have enough money to run my life today in the next few months? So it has to be time-based because sometimes your long-term goals are different, many, many, much, many times over different than your short-term goals. So you got to be time-based. So specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, time-based. Smart. Gotcha. Let's say that one already has their SMART goal in mind. How should one approach uh, completing that goal? Well, it's a combination of what we've talked about earlier here. Uh, you, you've taken a, 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 you know where you are right now financially. You know what, if, what your income is. You know what, your, what, what debts you have. You know your living expenses primarily. You have an idea. That's the measurable part of it. That means you now know what you need, what you have. From there, now you go to be to say, okay, I want to make sure I have enough money to pay off my loans. All right, that's specific. So, how much money do you need in the future, every month, every quarter, every year, to pay off my uh, loans? Then you're action oriented. Okay, now you've done that, and then you find out, oops, after my loans and my rent, I don't have any money left over. So now you have to say, either I need to get a pay raise or a better job, or I need, like I did when I was out of college, I got a second job. I got a third job, <laughs> okay? I wanted to pay off my debt. I, that bothered me when I got out of college. I wanted to, I was gonna get married. So I wanted to get married. I didn't wanna wait around. So in order to do all that, I, what my action was to find a second job. I worked on the weekends, I worked at night. And, uh, and at the same time, I was realistic I didn't have any children. I didn't have, I, I could spend time on doing a second job and I was able to, to do that. But you have to be realistic. A lot of times people say, oh, I'm going to go ahead and put up money on my credit card because I'm going to get a second job. Well, easier send a dud. Get the second job first before you start spending money or before you start attacking things. Have, be specific about your debts, about your goals, but at the same time, be realistic. And if you need a second job, get the second job first then you can use, use that income to go after those specific goals. So I think it goes hand in hand, Emily, understanding what you have and then be realistic and specific about all right, how you're going to get from today to next month, from today to next six months, from today to a year from now. How are you going to do that? And don't, and you be realistic. You just say, well, I'm going to, be, I'm going to plan on winning the lottery or I'm going to go to Vegas and win a lot of money at the crap table. That's not realistic. Realistic is, all right, this is what, what my employer is paying me now. This is the money I have, and this is what I have to deal with, okay? And then, and then off you go. So I think knowing that, being realistic, and just trying to, it's like putting together a puzzle, a little pieces of a puzzle. And you can be as specific and detailed, especially if you're like a numbers geek like I am. But if for people who are, you know, one of the things that freak people out about budgeting and planning is, well, I'm not a numbers person. What does that mean? You know, it doesn't mean anything. It means if you, if you are concerned about your livelihood and your future, it's not. It doesn't have to be not a numbers person. You can just simply just put numbers down on a piece of paper. Here's my income. I make two thousand dollars a month take home. Here are my goals. Here's my debt. Here's what I have to pay. It's as simple as that. You don't need a spreadsheet. You don't need all these fancy applications. 
realistic, measurable, simple. And once you do that, you can do it. Now, what are the advantages of financial planning? The advantages are, first of all, it helps you and your self confidence financially. That's number one. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, there's so much things going on today in society, Emily, and, and all these issues about everything, and in the workforce and the job market. There's so many pressures and so many things to worry about. If you just feel comfortable in your own skin financially, if you feel, you know, I'll take all these craziness that's going on around me. I'll take all this nuts, all these crazy.、Uh, Things going on around me, but I will basically. I feel good about myself financially. I know where I'm going. I know what I have. I know where I'm headed. That's number one. Okay, feel comfortable, self-confident. And secondly, the next thing to worry about is okay. I, I can do this. I can do this. But here's the best. Here's the thing about it: you don't have to do it by yourself. If you have parents, you have brothers and sisters, a grandparents, a former professor,、uh, a former teacher. A person you trust, their opinion, and to be honest with you and to support you, that that that's important too because that helps your self confidence. You're not you don't nothing worse than being out there and you got a credit card bill due at the end of next month and you don't have enough money and what are you going to do about it? And you don't have anybody to talk to about it or help you, you know, work things out. Have somebody to mentor. Have family. Have whatever feels comfortable with you. To talk about it doesn't mean they're going to solve the problem for you, but to be able to vent that out and and discuss it, I think that's also important in planning because it, again, I'm a big self confidence person. I am not Emily, the smartest person in the world. Boy, far from it. I am not the richest person in the world. Far from it. But I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And with that, just knowing that, I can. All right, come at me. Just all right. Let let me have it, because I, I can deal with it, because I know what I can do and I can't do. Now, I, be honest with you, it's taking me a lot of years to figure all that out, and so to ask somebody just out of college to be like perfect to be able to fully understand themselves and their strengths and weaknesses, that's a tall order. But that's where you start. Understand that you can say no to yourself. <laughs> that's important. We got a question from a listener, and here it is: Should I have a financial diary to keep track of my finances? A lot depends on your personality. Okay, I'm a numbers guy. Numbers, I I I carry around. I don't have it here. I carry around a little notebook, and when I'm on the road or I'm doing things, I write down when I'm where I'm spending. Okay, or I have I use my cell phone and I put down little notes about oh I spent ten dollars for lunch today. I know that sounds kind of geeky. But I don't mind doing that. Now a lot of us don't like doing that. So one way about it is at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day when you're reading your emails or closing down your computer, just say to yourself, "All right, what did I spend money on today? What did I spend money on?、Today? I went to Starbucks, okay, or, or whatever, and I started out the day I had thirty dollars in my purse. At the end of the day, I got five dollars. So where'd that twenty-five hundred, twenty-five dollars go? All right, I went to Starbucks. I、uh, I bought some、uh, little doodads at the pharmacy. Whatever you kind of just keep it general, but you kind of keep a, a record of that. Some of us just like to use a piece of paper and a pencil. Some of us, if we like technology, we use a cell phone. Some of us, like your Mr. Hassey and a geek, use a spreadsheet. Whatever, but just have some way of keeping track of it in your own personality. I look like to put my spending into three categories. 
The first is, like I spent, said earlier, fixed. The expenses that I have to pay for. A car loan, student loan, my rent, anything that has to be paid. That's one expense. The second area of expense is what I call they're, they're, they're needed, but I can manage, I can change them. And that's like food and clothing, you know? That, you know, I, I need food, I need clothing, but you know, some weeks, some months, I don't need any clothes. If you saw my clothes, you'd understand that. But you know, what you spend on these type of expenses, I like to call them like semi-variable. In other words, they, you, you have an option on how to spend them, but you still kind of need food and clothing, all right? And then the last type of expense is totally uh, variable. In other words, I don't need to spend money on this at all unless I want to do something special, like go on a trip to Vegas or go to buy a gift for a friend or, you know, things like that that are not part of your everyday affairs, but they're just special to do. But you can you can say yes or no and walk away. So though I break it down into those three areas. Now, some of us can be do it any way they want. But if you have some system with your personality of keeping track of that. So I feel for, for just somebody just trying to get a handle on this is just keep a notebook or put a file or set up a file or a note file in your, on your cell phone. And at the end of the day, you jot down, like it's kind of like a financial diary. And at the end of the day, you just keep track of that. We got another question from a listener and here it is. What tips or advice would you give to someone that is starting to do some financial planning? Well, I think for a student like yourself, the first thing I would do is have a talk with the people closest to you. Go to your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your uncles, even your older brothers or sisters. Don't go to your younger brothers or sisters. They'll just laugh at you and drive you nuts. But go to somebody in your family or somebody you're really close to and tell them, you know what? I'm going to start getting a better handle on my financial life. I want you to know about this. I might need your help. I might need your support. That's, a lot of us don't do that. You know, and I know you're not married, but one of the biggest reasons marriages fail in the first five to seven years of marriage is because you're not honest with your partner about what you're doing financially, about what your goals are. It's, it's, you're, you even hide it from the person you, you should care the most for. That's, that's, that's the first thing is just go to somebody that you're close to and tell them what you're doing. Doesn't, you don't even have to ask for help to say, hey, mom, dad, I just wanted you to know, I, I wanna get a better handle on my finances my personal financial life. I want to plan a little bit. I know it's tough because I'm still looking for a job or I'm still doing this, but I want you to know about that because this is what I'm doing. And, I, and, and, and usually what happens, Emily, is your parent or whoever you go to will say, this is what I've done in the past, or this is what's negative about this. This is what's went wrong with me. And that's a good thing to, you know, a lot of times our parents are just as scared as much as finances as we are. And because they've had bad experiences or they're embarrassed or whatever. And that's, that's nonsense, but it's, it's human nature. So I think a good tip that I don't tell a lot of people about, but I should, is just be able to tell somebody what you're doing. And to somebody that you trust that I, you know, I'm starting to get a better handle of my finances. I want to do better at it. And I want to, I want to get to this point in my life where I can feel comfortable with money. And I want you to know about that. I think that's a good tip. Thank you so much, Mr. Hayes. I truly appreciate you coming and giving some wonderful information on budgeting. 
I definitely learned a lot and will put it to use. That's all for episode nine. Learn about budgeting. Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Tales of a Chicana Woman with your host, Emily Z. Follow Tales of a Chicana Woman on Twitter at Tales of a Chicana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you for listening. Join Emily Z again next week on Friday. This podcast was student produced at the University of Laverne.